Welcome to Help from Future Self, Secrets of the Crucible. Part 2. We find our heroes having just defeated their first encounter with the Martians in combat on the brink of reaching their goal and destination. But will this be an easy path or one much harder to traverse? Find out what happens on the thrilling conclusion of Ma of Abraxas. All right. So now that you've finished battling those pesky Martian hunters, uh, you take a moment to kind of just catch your breath after that fray you just encountered. Is there anything you'd like to do before you move onwards? Uh, I'd like to heal some strain if possible. Can I make a cool check to do that? Yes, we can do that. You do not actually heal your strain. Okay. Still strained. Yes, you are still strained. Can I try and heal some wounds? So, Corey can assist you, Tusha, and uh, do a medicine check for you. Awesome. So... What is your um, current... Are you uh, more than half of your wound threshold down? I am down to eight, and my wound threshold is 13. All right. So uh, Corey uses his medicine skills, and you feel Babel and Brook go over your body, and you feel this really warm sensation go throughout your body, and you recover all of your wounds. You can feel yourself healing uh, just that that nice fairy energy going through you and uh, healing all of the damage you took. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Return your wound threshold back to maximum. Sweet. All right. So ahead of you, you see this, uh, this small little grove of trees. Um, do you wish to advance forward or do you want to go back across the lake? I really don't want to go back across that crazy thunder lake. I think we got to forge ahead this way. I'm staying away from that lake. All right. So you advance through the grove of trees there. Uh, they kind of look very tropical. And uh, as you go through and uh, get to the other side, according to the VezQ37 scanulator, the sector you're about to enter is where you will find the Mars Indometra and hopefully the Cube of Realities. However, what you see before you is hardly encouraging. Once these lands were spectacular, the monument-filled capital of some pinnacle of civilization. Now, however, all is ruins as far as the eye can see. A shroud of fog hangs in the air as if the melancholy of the land itself were visible. Broken statues of colossal size lay strewn across broad avenues and half-standing facades hint at former glories. Even in this decrepit state, the ruins still evoke awe as if they were once imbued with greatness itself. What fragments of architecture remains exhibit breathtaking example of craftsmanship and design. Could this be an archon? Civilization long ruined? Wow. What do you wish to do with this? Um, you got any thoughts on this, Tuchia? You're the you're the brains of the operation. I'd like to do some investigating. All right, your array of scanners that you have are picking up no living creatures in the vicinity, but it's definitely for sure their range is compromised. 
Um, as you probe deeper into the ruined territory, you just get static. This null zone occurs as you're going deeper, exactly where the VESQ-37 scannulator says the Martian ship should be located. What do you wish to do now? This is very curious. Do you wish to advance towards that area? Yes, I do. All right, but taking special care since uh, my danger sense is, is going off like crazy. Anytime something seems this uh, safe or at least this free of uh, any kind of uh, uh, peril, it seems likely that we're probably going to be encountering something we won't expect. I, okay. I just find it peculiar. Indeed, yes. You and me both. Not necessarily safe, but peculiar. Well, as you advance into the ruins, there's mountainous piles of rubble uh, on either side of you, which were once broad avenues, making this route you're walking feel like a valley path. Oh, I really don't like that. And as you get deeper and deeper, the fog that you originally saw actually starts to thicken and you start feeling great rumbles through the ground. And as you're moving forward, they're growing progressively stronger uh, as you're getting that much closer to where the static on the scanners is showing. And the VESQ-37 scannulator uh, basically pinpoints that the Mars Indometra should be. Corey, you're an experienced, um, shall we say, um, professional in the area of retrieval. Um, do you think you might be able to scout up a little bit ahead for us? Check it out. Sounds good sure, to me. Sure, sure. Yeah, we can do that. So as Corey goes into the mist, you, like, as soon as Corey's basically like 10 feet away, you can't see Corey anymore amongst this thick fog. All right. Uh, can we hear anything? Not really, because there's a rumbling. So it's so that's all you constantly hear is this this constant rumbling. But you see strange shapes moving in the fog. Not really like living beings, but there's there's something moving in the fog ahead. Do you move forward? Um, Tucha, I'm going to say we lay back in the cut here for for a couple of minutes and see if our scout comes back. Yeah. I I was thinking, as well as laying back, just possibly throwing out your claw, seeing if anything gets startled and we see more. All right. Well, we'll give it a couple minutes to see if uh, see if the scout comes back, and if not, then uh, I think that's a good plan of attack. I like that. So, not even five minutes later, Corey returns and says to you, "You guys got to see this. You'll you'll never believe what's ahead." Come, come, come check it out. All right, let's do it. So as you advance forward in the in the fog following Corey, you start to see these shapes uh, come more into existence in front of you. And these shapes that are moving are actually not anything living, but huge chunks of debris and pulverized wreckage. And they're just drifting around. Like floating? They're just floating. Yeah, it's like the sector itself is being ripped apart. And then suddenly a low-grade earthquake just shakes everything. And it's collapsing the edge of the horizon. And that more chunks of debris and pulverized wreckage are drifting upwards, pulled by an unseen gravitational force. Everything starts swirling away solely at first and then spiraling more quickly down into a whirlpool of debris. 
and in the center of this hellish maelstrom gleams a battered hull. So you can't quite discern through the thick bands of debris, but the shape appears almost certainly to be a flying saucer, probably the Mars Indometra. All right. How much uh, how much range is there between uh, the safe edge of this uh, whirlpool and the uh, the Mars uh, uh, ship? It's it's quite significant. It's it's like a big, huge like ravine almost. You could not jump across it like by yourself, but you do notice that the way the rocks are floating around, that there is almost like a pathway at certain times available to jump across. What if, and uh, I'll need a, a ruling on this, um, with my rocket-powered uh, grappling hook, is there a possibility that I could pull the three of us across to a closer rock? I don't know about all three of you. It could You could definitely take yourself and Corey, but uh, Tuchia being of the Grand Saurian variety uh, has just slightly more weight than uh, your grappling hook might be able to withhold, but you could risk it. All right. I think I need Tuchia for this. Um, as much as obviously uh, Corey's skills are, are, are very useful for this kind of scenario, this is dealing with technology. And as a, a Brobnar, the only technology I understand is technology that goes boom. So I think it's got to be me and Tuchia in the, uh, in the party that goes across. What do you think about this, Tuchia? I... Definitely don't want to be left out here alone. Well, you said that it was a possibility for us to start hopping across rocks. There's different things. So to describe this this scene a little bit more clearly for you, there is a low level of fog now that you're by this maelstrom and you just see this wreckage of buildings and statues and it's all spinning in this circular kind of vortex that is culminating in this center point where there, where you can make out this flying saucer. So it's all just kind of going around this. Uh, basically, it, it almost seems like where that wreckage is, it could be considered like the eye of the storm. And these these rocks are also colliding with one another at various points in time because the different size of the debris is causing it to move at different speeds moving in towards the center. Let me check my book and see what I can see about weight holding and whatnot. Let me do some research. While you're doing that, uh, I'm going to fire my grappling hook at one of the rocks and then see, give it a little tug and see how much give it has. Like, does it feel like if one of us was to put our whole weight on this thing that it's going to just fall or would it actually support our weight? All right. That's actually what I'm researching. (laughs) Our brains are connected. I like this. You fire Zoom Claw with with great precision. It locks on to a passing debris. It's quite a large chunk. It could definitely fit the both of you. And it starts to move. And as it does so, you start to get pulled. You can feel your gun being pulled with you. What do you do? Uh, Can I free it by giving a little flick? All right. You give a flick and and it snaps free. Sweet. I'll just reel it back in. Yeah, uh... I have a feeling like uh, nothing that we do is going to stop these things from uh, spinning around and then eventually going down, going down the drain here. They're not going down the drain. They're literally just rotating in a circle. Okay. It's like spiraling around that central point. I, I think we can use this to our advantage. What's your plan? See if you can shoot your 
claw to the biggest rock that can hold us both, or maybe all three of us, and as it spins, we get closer to our main goal, and we can maybe hop onto it. Hop onto the ship. All right. All right. Let's give it a shot here. So uh, here's what I'm saying. Me and Tuchia go across first, and then from the rock, we will fire out the uh, grappling hook, and then Corey can jump, jump on. Yes. What do you think of that plan? That sounds great. All right, let's give this a shot. Just to clarify, are you basically going to start like rubble hopping, or are you going to planning on like surfing the stream, just to clarify w- what you're doing? I want to get to the biggest rock that can support both of us, and then we'll assess from that rock what the next step is. Yes. But how are you getting on there? Are you just we're jumping shoot onto up the, it? Uh, we're going to shoot the grappling hook. Tucci's going to grab onto my back, and we're going to reel ourselves up in. As a particularly large piece of debris flows by, you shoot your zoom claw. It, it connects, and you start reeling yourself in. Is Tucci hanging onto you as you're doing this? Yes. For gear Okay. Right. <laughs> okay, as you start hitting the reel, it's actually not really moving. There's too much weight. So we stop the rock? No, the rock is literally just pulling you, but you're not going any closer. When you when you hit your, your gun to reel in, it's not actually doing anything. But as the rock moves, you're being dragged forward, but the, the slack of the line is not changing. All right, I think we're going to have to do this the old-fashioned way, Tuchia. And I'm just going to start hand over hand in it. Yep. All right, so that will require a brawn check. Would I be able to use uh, athletics? Yes. So doing a athletics check, you start pulling yourself closer, and it's a slow it's a slow crawl, but you get there. So so you're both on this line, and uh, the strength of Quell using the the spirit of Brobnar just pulls yourself hand over hand over to this this rock and uh, you climb on top uh, considerably out of breath uh, give yourself uh, two strain all right both of us no just just quell you were just hanging okay. on for the ride cool <sighs> okay so you're now on top of this this floating rock and you're starting to move away from where you were and Corey is standing on the side there. All right. Uh, I'm going to reel in my grappling hook. Okay. And then I'm going to shoot it out uh, for Corey to grab onto. Okay. You've now switched the range you're in. Uh, Before it was short, now you're in medium range. Uh, How about I'll wait till we get back around to short range? It's going to be, it's going to take quite, quite some time to come the full circle. It's like, it's like a really big sector. It's like the size of it's imagine like circling an entire football field, but you're moving at a speed of like almost like a glacial moving. All right, cool. Then we'll give it a shot from here. Okay. All right. You shoot it and you have really good accuracy with your zoom claw. It literally lands right at the feet of Corey and Corey grabs onto the end uh, and as you you click your gun to reel in, uh, the weight of Corey is not that much, and you are just a super buff Brobnar hero. And the the thing starts pulling Corey in. Sweet. So you're now all on top of this this big crater, and you're starting to move forward around. 
this one you're on is actually it's it's although it seems like it's moving slow, you notice that you are passing other debris around you. And as you start going around this corner, you see that there's one in, it's almost like they're in bands moving in towards the center. You can tell that the shape of yours, it's going to collide with this next one in one band closer. What do you wish to do? Uh, collision, hey? Uh, is there another one we can jump to from here that's within a safe jumping distance? Uh, you could you could jump onto the one it's going to collide with because there'll be a moment when you can go right onto it. But I mean, what if they collide and then both of them explode? Uh, they're both significantly sized, so it's not exactly like one's going to destroy the other. There may be a shake, but uh, I think for the most part, you should survive. All right, let's, are you guys willing to jump. take this risk? Let's jump. Okay. My quick fire calculations say we should be okay. All right. I've learned to trust you on this, Tutia. Let's do this. Wait till we're within safe distance to jump and then make that jump. As the debris is coming towards one another, just before they collide with one another, you all jump. And at that exact moment, they collide and there is a, a deafening crash of rock on rock. But for the most part, only the edges that collide seem to break apart and you timed your jump perfectly and were in the air and the crash was over by the time you both landed. It was it was just a momentary a smash into one another. Um, this now, this rock is actually heading uh, in the same direction and the one you were on has just passed it. So you're moving a slightly slower than you were before but you are now actually closer to the center. I would say um, before you were at an extreme range, uh, now you're at a long range from the Martian craft. What do you wish to do next? Do you want to keep trying to find mo moments to hop or do you want to kind of surf this around and see what happens? Well, can we tell if the trajectory of this rock will bring us closer or are we going to stay at roughly the same number of bands distance from uh, uh, the, the Martian craft if we stay on it? It's hard to tell at this point in time. All right. Um, you do see other rocks passing you, some coming in another direction now uh, that are approaching you. Do you guys want to lay back in the cut and just see uh, how, how we do this? Or do you want to, uh, to, to try, keep going forward, making the jump? I like, let's, I like the, wait and, the wait and see method. At this point. All right. So you wait and see, and this rubble proceeds to kind of move around. And you do notice it seems like you are getting pulled slightly closer as it starts going around. Slightly closer to the craft? Yes, you're moving closer to the center where the, the you can see that Martian craft. How, how, how long do you think it would take for us to get real close? It's going quite slow. You can you can obviously try and calculate ways to jump across, which would would definitely increase the speed of getting across. Let let let's do some hopscotch. All right, let's do it. With Tuchia's perception, being able to really judge the rocks coming and the athletics that Quell possesses, you're able to actually navigate this 
quite easily and get yourself across. Uh, each time you're able to, using Tuchia's uh, skills at reading the situation and Quell using the athletics of timing when you use the best time to jump. Uh, you manage to actually get across um, al almost quite easily, but there are moments when the gravity is shifting you and pulling you, but uh, it doesn't do anything other than make it a challenge. And you seem to, to navigate your, well, your way across uh, very, very perceptively. Uh, there was very little resistance and it was a good thing you did because the rocks, some of the rocks you were on started having major collisions with oh. others as around. So it was good that you did not stay on and try and make your way across uh, just by allowing yourself riding the wave. But as you were going across, you did have the issue of there was some flying debris, even though you managed to hop across correctly as th some things collided. Uh, there was debris that came off and uh, Quell, you got hit and took a damage of eight. So you soak six. Tuchia, as you went across, you actually uh, got hit as well, but you only uh, took five damage. The, there was a much smaller debris pelting you. You took one wound. Oh, okay. You soaked four and you and you took one. So Got I took it. eight after I soaked? Uh, no, including the soak, you took eight. So you only took two damage. Okay, cool. So as you get there, it seems that the ship itself is suspended in the whirlwind of debris on an isolated chunk of rock. What do you wish to do? I think we got to get across to that rock. No way around it. Yeah, we right. got to do it. You make one last final jump and you're there. Um, as you start pr approaching the Mars Indometra, you can see that it's been damaged, uh, although it's been assailed by a creature with great claws and teeth. The ship's top hatch is open, and several human-sized rents have been torn into its hull. Um, as you get into the ship, you notice that the interior of the Mars Indometra is a labyrinth series of cramped corridors. Auto doors snap open, revealing unoccupied rooms, strangely lit by blinking sensors, flashing emergency lights, and static-filled computer screens. Signs of ray blast dent dented walls and claw-marked gouges are everywhere, floors, ceilings, walls, as more visceral smears and splatters that can only be the remains of Martians. A battle of some kind was fought here. Hmm. Now that you're aboard the ship, what do you wish to do? You're trying to find the cube of realities. Let me see if I can hack into these computers and see what they can tell me. Yeah. So you want to start making your way towards there, is that correct? Yes. So being the good old Martians, as you start moving forward, you actually end up hitting a booby trap. It's the agonizer race. What happens is as you approach the bridge... One of these things go off, and now we're going to have to do a vigilance check here for Tuchia. So the ray discharges as you pass, but your, your dinosaur reflexes and your keen sense, you're able to duck just out of the way and uh, do a spectacular roll as the, as the ray passes over. Uh, Quell, basically, now that you've seen this, you're actually more alert to it and, and you're able to just move past it. Great. 
My plan worked. <laughs> All right. So as Corey approaches, Corey makes a skullduggery check and is able to use Babel and Brook to actually go and disable this defense so that uh, on the way back, it will not be in your way again. So now you're, you're on the main bridge and um, Tucha, you said you wanted to try and access the computers. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So you're actually able to easily penetrate the computer's inner workings and you see all these different things there. You can see the auto defenses. You can actually also see that there is a working ray gun on the outside of the ship. Do you wish to do anything now that you have access to this? Hmm. What do you think, Quell? A working ray gun? I mean, is there yes, any on chance... on the exterior of the on ship. On the exterior of the ship? I mean, there's no chance it could be used against us. No, you're in control of the computers right now, and there doesn't yeah. seem to be any Martians nearby. I mean, I guess we'll keep time. it in mind for if we need uh, to blast our way out of this situation. Definitely. I just want to get what we came for and get out of here as fast as possible. Yeah. yeah. So, so you you actually have control of the auto defenses on the ship. Like Excellent. you you can see how they work. Uh, should we set them uh, in such a way that if anybody comes after us, it'll start blasting? Yep. I'm doing that right now. It actually seems that as you try to do that working, it, it has a it doesn't have anything to target. It just says non-Martian. Okay, so it's either it blasts at non-Martians, which would be the three of us, or or not at all. Yeah, or not that's at all. Correct. How about we disable this entirely? Then? Yeah. All right. So you disable the auto defenses, which is definitely going to make it easier for you to move around the ship. What do you wish to do next? Get this thing and get out. All right, so you want to go search for the Cube of Realities now? Yes. Let's do it. All right, as you start making your way through the ship, uh, you're going back. It's You can just see this like carnage. Like this, this, There was definitely a battle here, and whatever caused the damage to this ship was quite large, you can tell. Um, you see basically the gray that is Martian guts on different parts of the ship. You see a, a blaster that is completely just wrecked. A jetpack with a huge gouge in the back that is quite significant, the hole that it made. As you move through the ship, um, there is there is kind of like pulsating lights in the static as you saw before. And when you pass different doors and they automatically open. Um, as you're making your way further into the center of the ship, you see movement off to the side. All right. Uh, what kind of movement? It was something kind of running into like a, a corridor. You're not sure what it was. Well, I don't like the fact that it looks like something massacred a bunch of Martians here. Um and as much as I want to get this cube of realities and get out of here as fast as possible, I also don't like the idea of something getting the drop on us or some kind of scout relaying our location back to whatever did this. So I'm going to take a hard peek at uh, what uh, what just scuttled across our path. Sounds good to me. All right. So you carefully look around the corner. And as you do, there is a Martian hunter in the corner, actually curled up in a ball 
with its eyes just completely wide. And as it sees you coming, it screams. It's it's crazy Martian like battle cry, except there's definitely more fear rather than gusto in this one. It's kind of like so you're more used to the guttural one that's that's much more fierce. This was not fierce at all. It looks terrified. What do you do? I'm going to acknowledge it in common and say, hey, we're not here to hurt you. It looks at you and then just goes, it, it, it came, it came, it, it, it just came, it, it, there was no warning. Ah, ah, there, there, I don't know where everyone else is. Ah, 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 ah. It's, it's in sheer panic right now. Like it's, it, it can barely string together a sentence. It doesn't seem to have any weapons on it. Oh, this bodes ill. It might know what, where what we're looking for is. Let's see what information we can get. Hey, uh, we're looking for something, and if you can help us find it, we'll take you with us when we leave. Uh, Corey chimes in and says, uh, and says, kind of uses its its skullduggery here to try and to try and help soothe this Martian. So as, as Corey talks to this, he says, there's no, there's no need to worry. We're, we're all friends here. Like, like we're not here to hurt you. Like we, we can help you and we'll, we'll, we'll get out of here. And this, this Martian seems to like somewhat relax seeing Corey. I don't know why that is. Maybe uh, your Brobnarian and dinosaur <laughs> visage is somewhat intimidating after already being scared. So uh, it seems to calm down a little bit and says, uh, what are you looking for? We're looking for the cube of realities. Its eyes widen. It says to you, the cube. I, I can't give that away. I, I basically am forfeiting my life. Well, kind of seems like you forfeited your life by staying here, given what's been going on. Gestures at all of the uh, carnage and chaos around us. Yes. You're lucky to be alive. Can, can you protect me? I mean, we can try. In as much as we're able to protect ourselves. But what if Veziak the Great? What if Veziak knows what I did? Who's Veziak? Veziak, my elder, my elder, the one who made us come here. This seems like definitely a more timid Martian than you've ever encountered before. You can't tell if it's its nature or it's just has such a strong level of trauma. We'll protect you. Okay, okay. My name is, is Yixley. How many Y's in that? Three. <laughs> <laughs> Take us to the cube, Yixley. Okay, okay. But but promise you'll protect me. You don't know what he'll do. You don't know. Yes, yes. Uh, 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 Vezek the Great is, is he's called the Great for a reason. So... Yixley starts to take you outside of the ship and uh, leads you down a series of corridors. Um, certain parts, as you're getting into this part of the ship, you can see that there is actually less carnage uh, on the exterior, but uh, it does look like there was uh, some some scurrying going on here. Get into this this chamber and it looks definitely more lavish than other parts of the ship. You can tell this must be the Martian elders' quarters. Uh, and sitting in the quarters is actually a cube just sitting in this pedestal, and it is something to behold. Uh, when you say something to behold, what is it that uh, makes it so special? So the cube of realities is, uh, it's basically like a lattice of 
of smaller cubes made into a lattice of smaller cubes and so on and so forth you can tell going down almost to a molecular level level it's like a it's like a 4d chess rubik's cube think of it that way oh man lucia you seeing this that is something to behold that is the cube of realities I think the destruction in the other parts of the ship, I think somebody else is looking for this, too. Yeah, hey, uh, Yixley, what, um, what did all that? Yixley looks at you, eyes just widening in terror, and says, It was big! All right, and that clears it up. You can tell just the thought of trying to recall a description of any kind just caused severe trauma to Yixley. All right, well, we'll lay off the poor guy for now. If you ask me, Quell, I think it was either Saurians or Brodnars that had done this. Hey, 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 hey. No Brobnar would have left the prize behind if they'd made it this far. True, I'm I'm just say, saying in sheer size. We are the only two that I know of that are that are the size we are. Yixley looks at you and goes, You guys aren't that big compared to this. Ugh. Oh. Alright, Yixley. Let's get this thing and get out of here. Hey, uh, go over and grab that for us. Who'd you say that to? I'm not touching it. I'm not grabbing that. Vesiak will never let us touch it. I'm not touching it. I'm not allowed to. I'm giving you special dispensation. Come on. No. Deep sigh. All right, fine. We got a bag or something? Uh, Yes, Corey has a bag. Corey, give me the bag. All right, Corey hands over the bag to you. It's going to have to Indiana Jones this one. Uh, I'm going to walk up to the cube. And uh, am I getting any bad vibes off of it? Nope. All right. Then uh, I'm going to uh, prefer the bag and see if I can just snatch this thing up in it. Uh, as you try and put the bag over, it doesn't seem to be able to, to come in contact with it. Like it's intangible? Like the bag doesn't seem to be able to move past this this barrier. There's Your hand is, is going forward, but the bag stops at a certain point. All right. Can I... Oh. Take my uh, trusty, trusty zoom claw and give it a little poke here and see if uh, it can touch it. No, again, you're met with a barrier. As soon as it comes within this certain point, the zoom claw can't move forward. Hey, guys, some kind of force field or something? It looks like it. Corey says, Allow me, guys. I can handle the thieving and stealing of things. Corey literally just walks straight up and grabs the cube. What? No problem whatsoever. Corey, knowing, kind of has the scanners and realized that it was all these inanimate objects because your hand, when you were holding the bag, went further forward than anything else did. So Corey uses the skullduggery and knowledge of being a thief and just grabs the cube. And as Corey does... Abruptly, a terrible mind-splitting roar fills the air and the Mars Indometra shakes violently. Um, as Corey touched the cube, uh, great clarity starts racing through his mind and he understands. 
Uh, by holding the cube, a person is gifted with sufficient mental prowess and willpower and can use the cube's energy to alter how things are. But you also realize it would take centuries to master the in- intricacies needed to harness true control over the cube's awesome powers. Does and in that exact same moment, blades the length of snuffle gators tear through the saucer's <laughs> bulkhead like so much paper. With a screech, a whole chunk of the saucer is wrenched away. Through this breach, you see the maelstrom below, a terrifying demon that feeds on fear. One of the deese rise from it. Its roar sends out rippling waves of terror so deep to be almost visible. The demon's gaping circular mouth is ringed with many churning rows of jagged teeth and it rise up on the end of an immense snake-like body. Limbs like tentacles sprout outwards from the beast's sides, each one multi-sectioned and joined like those of some nightmare insect. Some carry cruel pincers, others end in blades like the scythe arms of a technomantis. You know with certainty that this is the thing that destroyed this sector and is now consuming the last vestiges of its emotion-saturated ruins, and with them, the cube of realities itself and you along with it. Without warning, it reaches forward and it grabs Yixley. The fear of it, of Yixley just, just has completely drawn its attention. One of its bladed pincers pierces it right through the, the chest and you hear this as, as he just gets wrenched back and pulled into the maw of this beast. Who are Yixley? This is the Dis Demon, Abraxas. It's quite a maw that Abraxas has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, roughly how big is this thing? Like, on a scale of, say, oh, I don't know, uh, Cory to, uh, let's say, a Brobnar giant, like a true Brobnar giant. You can't see how big it is because the body, like, most of the body is actually not in the ship. But what you can see is at least a Brobnar giant. Uh... I say we run. Yeah. Okay. So as you try and run, Abraxas is trying to drag the Mars Indometra and anything else that is carrying the cube. You can see that Corey is the one that they're locking onto. This this Abraxas is very much drawn to the cube. As you're running away, the, the ship starts to tilt making it very hard to escape this way. Can I use my grapple claw to shoot up a corridor and pull us up? Good thought, Well, Just as you get your zoom claw loaded, suddenly a bunch of Abraxas tentacles come out. We need to roll initiative. All right, let's do this. So as these tentacles come to you uh, Corey is the first one who is going to be able to engage with them as you are getting Quell uh, ready to shoot and Tucci is standing right behind you so Corey first off they, they are basically engaged with you these things came right up behind you it was very fast and Corey right away uses the mono knives so Corey strikes out with the mono knives hitting the tentacle and digging deep into it you can see that this cuts really deep into the tentacle and it's and it's uh, definitely uh, hurt by this attack next up is quell 
All right, time to uh, let's get the zoom claw in. So I am going to, uh, if I got my zoom claw loaded, let's just jam this thing as hard as I can into the softest, fleshiest thing I can see. Is there an okay. eye? Anything like that? Um, right now, all that's in front of you are these are these Abraxas tentacles. They're all, all right. engaged with you right now. Let's blast a tentacle. All right, so you're going to use the uh, the zoom claw melee, or uh, is there one close enough for me to melee, or do I need to? Move yeah, you're a band you're closer? you're engaged with it right now. All right, then yeah, let's rock it. Okay, you swing at it, but as it's hurt from before, it basically like is really wary and it dodges out of the way. All right. Do you wish to use an action? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, we gotta fight these things right now so that we can get enough space to move. Uh, you can um, you can actually use your action to give to give a, a bonus to another character. All right, I'll uh, I'll do so with uh, my boy Tuchia, who I assume is gonna rock that crystal uh, rifle. Oh, I'm I'm rifling, point blank range. Okay. Are you going after the same tentacle that was uh, that Corey went after, or a different one? Yeah, sure. Let's go. That's the same one. Okay, and sorry, what did you say you were going to do? I'm using my crystalline rifle at point blank range. Just so you know, because it's a long range weapon, you'll be at a disadvantage using it. I'm giving him a bonus. It still will be a disadvantage. Use my tail. Okay. All right, so you lash out with your tail. And you just absolutely whip this thing, and the wound that it already sustained basically causes the thing to fly right off, and it hits against the wall with a deafening squelch. It's like, and it slides down. The the remains nub of this tentacle just like retracts backwards. Uh, there's two more that now move forward to engage with you. Um, the first one comes up, and seeing as you just smack this against the wall, Tuchia goes after you first so this tentacle lashes out at you Tushia and it and it hits you uh, right in the side and in doing so it actually ensnares you and is wrapping around you um, you may not use any maneuvers to move until the end of this tentacles next turn you take seven points of damage so three after you minus your soak The next tentacle then goes after Corey, since it did, uh, basically they're ignoring you, Quell, because you didn't do anything the first time. They don't seem to see you as a threat right now. <laughs> Little do they know. Uh, so it goes after Corey, and uh, in doing so, it basically just whips out like a, like a wet towel and just goes, and it snaps Corey right in the butt, actually. It was it was uh, quite something to behold, and you're this, this yelp. As Corey jumps into the air, uh, Corey takes five points of damage. Corey is not feeling so good right now from that one. Top of the round now, it's uh, up for Corey again to act. So uh, the first thing is Corey uses one of uh, his his equipment, which is some embred, and uh, heals five wounds, putting him back up to, to full health. Uh, next up, Corey goes after the one that just snapped him with his mono knives again. 
Corey goes to swing, but I guess that sting put him off his game and he swings out and the tentacle is ready and just dodges out of the way, just retracting and moving out of the out of the, the line of the attack. Quell, you're up next. All right, I'm going to attack the tentacle that's got a hold of my guy, uh, Tuchia. Okay. It's rocket uh, hand-to-hand combat style. All right, you bring your zoom claw down and you just absolutely smash into this thing and it is just like comes right off like you just like rip it from itself so the part that's around Tuchia and the part connected to the body you can hear this like wrenching sound as it just tears where it's where you struck it and uh it it goes free and the part that's around Tuchia basically goes slack and falls to the ground with a thump thanks Quell no problem Tucha, you're up next. How close am I to the another impending tentacle? Uh, it's it's engaged with you. Okay. Yeah, it's right there in front of you guys. It's like you're yeah. you're in you're squared up against one another. Then I'm gonna use my tail again and just try and whack it off its body again. Okay. You swing with your tail and uh, you connect. It's uh, it definitely is hurt. It kind of like recoils a little bit from this. Next up, the tentacle comes uh, again. Uh, this time, actually going after Quell as its target, seeing that it just rended the last tentacle right from his body. It did not appreciate that. Uh, it comes at you, and uh, it it again it does this whip-like motion and just kind of whoosh, like a wet towel in the shower. Like it it comes at you. Uh, hitting you uh, square in your actual your body and you you feel it stings quite a bit uh, you take uh, one point of damage right. and then as well it actually then comes back around and wraps itself around you pinning your arms by your side so uh, top of the round we have Corey going again uh, this time Again, uh, Corey brings out the mono knives, it, the tried and true, and uh, strikes out at it and and hits this this tentacle right on the side where we're at the base where it's attached to you, Quell. Uh, hitting it, it, you can see it kind of slightly flinches, which actually jars you, Quell, a little bit in the process. Uh, it's 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 a little bit hurt. So Quell, uh, you actually can't do anything. You are you are currently pinned down right now. Pardon? Can I bite? No, you can't reach it. It's, it's got you pinned like like around your waist. Your arms are pinned down to you, and All it's right. got you in like you know it's like a vice like grip. There's no way well, of getting I'm out. Yell of out, help! Tusha, it's over to you. I'm gonna use my tail again. All right, the tail swing coming in. Quell, if this hits you, I apologize. You know, you you have true aim with that tail. It is basically like another arm with your skill. And uh, you hit it like square on. It just suddenly like drops limp. Like it goes totally limp. And it's just this this dangling limb of a, of a part of a Braxis. It is definitely useless now. The tentacles are all gone. It retracts the tentacle back in. But in doing so, 
All that has happened is that Abraxas itself has reared its head. It screams this roar, this this roar of, it sounds like a nightmare personified in sound waves. What do you guys wish to do? We need to get some distance. All right, so as Abraxas is, is like doing this nightmarish roar, you guys manage to, to get outside. Uh, you have a little bit more open space now, but now you can see the true awe that is Abraxas. It is just this big demon creature. It is something definitely out of nightmares, definitely what you associate when you think of Dees. And it has got those teeth are just just there and it is a sight that is very very scary you can actually look over at Corey and you see Corey's knees are actually like shaking uh, and looks like uh, very very uh, petrified almost uh, Corey may not be very helpful right now to begin with uh, Corey toss me the cube alright Corey uh, grabs the cube and passes it to you so me touching the cube, uh, is there anything this cube can do for us right now that I can tell? You can. It is possible to try and unleash the cube. All right. I don't think we have much of a chance of getting away from this thing if we don't uh, bring out some heavy artillery. And uh, the cube of reality sounds like the heaviest artillery possible. So I'm going to reach out with my arm, pointing the cube at Abraxas's giant maw and yell back and see if anything happens okay so as you do that uh, nothing happens <laughs> you kind of uh, you get this chaotic like psychic impression on yourself and you see small glimpses into other worlds but uh, nothing nothing more than that it's it's a little bit disorientating but uh, but other than that it, like really nothing happened. Next up is uh, Tuchia. What do you wish to do? Thinking that it, or seeing that it's going to be a distance, I'm going to use my rifle and shoot it. Shoot at it. Again, as Quell said earlier, trying to hit it in its softest, fleshiest, possibly an eye. As you go to shoot. It's very agile and it and it dodges and you completely miss. Oh boy. Next up is uh, Abraxas itself. It spawns a tentacle. This tentacle comes right after Tuchia. Saw that coming. It hits out at you. Uh, you take three damage. And it actually wraps around you as well. You're unable to move next turn. All right, Corey's up next at the top of the round. Corey uh, basically is just kind of really scared right now. Doesn't really know what to do. And uh, basically takes the, the throwing knives and just launches them. Uh, one of them strikes Abraxas but it doesn't seem to do any damage. Quell, you're up next. All right. Um, I don't know. It's drawn to the cube, right? 
It is, yeah. It's it's like almost like it's it's looking like it seems to be more like following your your movement because you're holding it. And the chances of us getting away with this thing seem slim. And we're floating over a massive, massive vortex of some kind, yes? Yes, that's correct. I'm going to pitch the cube into the vortex. You've been specifically tasked with getting the cube by the fixer. I don't even know if I want the fixer to have this thing if it's this powerful. As you say this, suddenly this Martian crew comes comes out of nowhere. Oh! There is this long-necked Martian leading the charge, along with some Martians that look far more sturdy than those hunters you saw before. Uh, you can tell they're Martian recovery specialists. And Veziak the Great strides with purpose and this regal quality and says, I think it is time that we come together to defeat this abomination. You see these other Martians with him fly into the air and uh, start attacking Abraxas. Uh, they're definitely drawing the attention away from you because they're like they're almost like little mosquitoes or gnats uh, pinging this thing. So it's it's not doing a ton of damage, but it's, they're slowly chipping away. But they're for sure drawing away the attention of Abraxas from focusing on you. All right, maybe it's time for us to book it. Uh, I'm going let's to get out of here. Use my action to jump onto a nearby uh, rock and see if we can start picking our way across. Uh, as you start doing that, a tentacle launches out and grabs you. You are now also trapped. In doing so, Corey says, "We're all trapped, or just Quell?" Corey's, Corey's not. You're you're trapped uh, this round. Okay. Uh, Quell is trapped right now. Um, Corey says, Quell, pass me the cube. Oh, uh, can I do that? Yep, you can toss it, flick it with your, flick it a wrist, you know? Sure. So you, you flick the cube, Corey catches it, it instantly feels that, that power surging through. Uh, Corey tries to use the cube. Uh, it, as, as Corey does this, suddenly the cube, it's, it gives him glimpses as well, but this is way more powerful and takes basically this this like strain comes over it. Curry takes three strain, but it also manages to command the cube to make some small change and uh, shifts a few of the chunks of debris and summoning this this small item comes into existence. Uh, you can't make out what it is. Basically now, Tuchia, next round, you get two advantages on your next check. Awesome. This change that happens suddenly flickers away. After uh, after a few moments, so Tuchia, you're you're trapped right now. Um, the tentacle that was around you uh, goes off and actually starts targeting the Martians. They they've ignored you. One of them lashes out and and flicks one of them in the jetpack and causes it to just fly off in an erratic direction and it crashes right into Abraxas in this thing and explodes. You can see this actually damages Abraxas a little bit and it kind of makes this nightmarish roar again. Uh, top of the round, uh, Quell, you are pinned now and you're you're not able to move for this one, uh, but you're starting to wriggle free. Uh, Tuchia, you're up. I'm going to go with my trusted rifle again. Okay, you shoot the rifle, it hits, nothing happens. 
it just bounces off. You can't do enough damage to actually hurt it. All right, Cory uh, has the cube, goes to use it again, and it finds it's not responding to him anymore. He's not sure sure why, but the cube doesn't respond anymore. He throws one of his knives, nothing happens. It can't do enough damage to the armor. Uh, Quell, you are now free of this. Uh, the Martians are kind of screaming and saying, what are you idiots doing? They're just yelling at you for some reason. And uh, Veziek says, give me the cube. Corey looks at you guys like, like I don't know if that's a good idea. Uh, Quell, you're, you're up. Toss me the cube. All right, Corey tosses you the cube. As you grab the cube, uh, the same effect doesn't happen like when you touch it this time. It doesn't seem to have any sort of response to you. Well, only one of us hasn't uh, touched the cube thus far, so I'm going to toss it to Tuchia. Did you want to use a maneuver to give an advantage? Yes, please. All right. So you toss the cube to Tuchia. Tuchia, what do you wish to do? I'm going to try and use the cube to give us a force field to try and get away. All right. Well, you don't know what the cube's going to do. You just are going to start trying to unleash some of its power. Let's see what happens. All right. As you do this, suddenly you feel for a brief moment the cube giving you powers. These powers may even rival those of an Archon. Um, You cannot maintain them for more than a moment, but this should give you a huge advantage in the fight. Uh, You suddenly bring up your crystalline rifle and as you hold it, you notice that to you, it looks more like a bazooka right now. Uh, You fire it off. It literally blasts a hole right through the maw of Abraxas and out the head you found the soft fleshy point and its brain just freaking explodes and there is suddenly this rain of this like dark reddish pink goo falling down on everyone a huge chunk lands right on Veziek's head he goes because it's just disgusting it's he doesn't like having this disc guts all over him uh, and in that exact moment uh, afterwards you see the fixer ship suddenly flies into view uh, all the rocks that were spinning around seem to start falling and uh, but not fast but they're they're starting to, to slowly go down so the fixer's airship is is right there what do you wish to do uh can I shoot my grapple uh, over to the ship? Yes, you you click on the grapple to the ship. Uh, he moves closer. You guys are actually able to just climb right on, but it's a good thing you shot your grapple because it really let him know where you were. You get onto the fixer's ship. He looks very pleased as can be. You can see all these little bubbles fly, fluttering up in a stream to the top of the tank, which you can only assume is glee. Uh, you have got the cube of realities. You have managed to get the mission complete. And that wraps up the first part of your adventure. Good adventure. Thank you so much for running that, Blake. Yes, no problem. Well, very well enjoyed. This has been a ton of fun. You can find us, of course, on Twitter at HFFS Podcast. You can find me as Scuzzy Gruen on The Crucible on Twitter and on Instagram. Where can they find you, Rick? On Twitter at The Wheeling Keyforger and on The Crucible at Rickster78. And where can they find you, Blake? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Boulevard Paper Fight. That's BLVD Paper Fight, as well as on my YouTube under Boulevard Paper Fight. Until next time, 
Stay rolling them dice and stay forging.